Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Neil Haley Show. I'm excited to welcome the program. Chris Malky. Chris, I appreciate you stopping by. You're making me laugh. The world without you, we're going to be talking about. But I, getting time to talk to somebody like you. I know you like to do interviews. I know you love to perform. So how, how, when did you start that process? When did you know you wanted to be a performer? When I was, uh, I think when I was in like uh, high school, I was in, I, I used to jam with bands, you know, I used to play music. Um, I still play music. I'm a singer, songwriter, composer. And uh, so it was in high school. I started uh, getting the, uh, I played in, in uh, blues clubs with my friends. And, um, and then when I went to college, um, I took a I kind of elective course. I could have taken basket weaving or ballroom dancing or something like that. And he said, the guy says, why don't you just take an acting course? And I said, no, it, those guys are crazy. It's, no, he says, no, you like Marlon Brando and Lee Marvin. And, you know, I said, yeah, John Wayne, those old actors and stuff like that. He says, that's acting. I said, Okay, but I don't want to be like, you know, some Elvis, you know, spin out clam, you know, <laughs> movies or anything like that. Don't worry about it. Just take an acting class. So I was good at it. And um, I met some really great people, got involved with stuff. And so, you know, I was about 20. You know, when that so happened. looking at your career, how many years has it been? You've been an actor. I've been an actor since before Kurt Cobain died. So I'm drinking a shake here. Um, it's I've been in Hollywood 44 years. 44 years. Mm-hmm. So you have fans the of movies and TV shows that span 44 years. So when you start talking to people, I know who you are. Where did I see you? What kind oh. of answers do you get get from people when they are they try to guess? Um, you know, Chris, the different a lot roles. Of times yeah. A lot of times they just know me from some, sometimes uh, they just hear my voice and they'll turn around and they'll go, oh, you're that guy. And, or they'll go, they'll nail me from Boardwalk Empire um, or, um, yeah, it's, it's amazing. I'll tell you a story. I was, I was doing a, this uh, summer, I was doing a TV series in Serbia called Mud on Your Tires. It's going to be in Serbia TV and Euro TV. It's a oh, great, great, uh, you know, romantic comedy. And uh, we were working really long hours, and I was up early in the morning. I went to grab a coffee in Belgrade in this amazing sort of Balkan kind of city. And I turned to my girlfriend, Dana, and I said, Dana, you know, this is just really, I'm just feeling so tired and down. What am I doing with my life? And, and she said, you're doing a series, but you're just working hard. And I said, I just feel terrible. And I just felt a tap on my shoulder, and this little this little old man with two big bags coming, lugging these bags, you know, Eastern European style down the street. And he tapped me on the shoulder and said, I just want to tell you, I know who you are. I love your work for all these years. You are a wonderful actor. God bless you. Keep on doing what you're doing. And he disappeared. I broke into tears. 
Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's gotta be worth it in, that, in so many ways. Uh, what would you say was your biggest, your favorite project you've ever done in your career? Well, you know, um, I've done a bunch of really, uh, really cool, smart projects uh, all through. I was telling my agents, let's do the smart stuff. Let's do smart stuff, you know, and I've been able to do that. Um, Twin Peaks is a big deal. Um, yeah. And then I have to thank director Ted Kacha for putting me in uh, Ramble, First Blood, when I was just a young actor. You oh, know? that was one of my, fi- I-, I went with my father, God rest his soul, he's passed away uh, a year ago uh, to Rambo, First Blood. I was only, how old do you think I was? When he took me to that, because I couldn't go. It was a, I was probably, oh, yeah. let's you see, I'm 47 eight. years old. You're, you're probably, uh, you're probably, oh, you're 47. So yeah. you were nine years old. He took you to that movie. Oh, your dad was a wild man. That was <laughs> serious violence, man. That's probably what led to my professional wrestling career, minor leagues. Probably that. <laughs> really? You did professional wrestling? Yeah, I did the minor leagues. I'm a legitimate six foot 10. And yeah. I did the minor leagues and made it to Germany. You know, I, I had a cup of coffee in certain minor leagues with some of the top stars of the, uh, you know, of the attitude era, but yeah, but I, no, he took me to first blood and also, cause I really wanted to see it. I'm an only child. So that's probably why. And then also the one with uh, Schwarzenegger. Oh, um, first one. He it was out just when first blood was out. The same predator time. or Terminator, one of those predators. No, Cuban com- uh, commando. Com- the com- the 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 commando one the command uh yeah it, where he had the yeah one of Schwarzenegger's but I just want no I just want to talk about you I don't want to talk about my career I want to talk about your wrestling career <laughs> hey that could be it for another time I think you'll want to probably be on again but no let's talk about you know when you talk about what was your role in First Blood so First Blood who did I play in First Blood uh, Ward uh, yeah. when when the sheriff arrests him and brings him to the jail then. I have to fingerprint him and wrestle with him. And then we get this big fight and then we have to chase him through the woods. So that was my, and I was the deputy who wanted to really lock down on Rambo and David Caruso was the deputy who didn't want to. And so, and so we fought. That's cool. I'm just, again, as a big fan of that, say name some other stuff you were in. I'm just interested because then I'll say, Oh my gosh, I remember that. Now I could go back and yeah. Yeah. It's interesting that, um, that, yeah, let let me let me figure out what occurs to me because I've done 101 movies. Um, I did a mini a, a mini series, a three part mini series for uh, with Robert Duvall called uh, Broken Trail about horse. Uh, Walter Hill directed it. I'd done three, three movies with Walter Hill. I did Long Riders, uh, 48 Hours with Eddie Murphy, and Long Riders. And Walter's a great guy. Um, the rule in Hollywood is always do the Western. So I always do the Western, even though like I played Frank Hag in Waterwalk Empire. So, which was a big deal, but also, Oh, um, Captain Phillips with Tom Hanks. See, I never saw Captain Phillips. So oh, you love that. Yeah. You, you're going to love that movie. It's, it's fantastic. And that was, would you say your biggest role was Captain Phillips? That's what it says in Wikipedia. What would you say? My biggest role was a film that I wrote and starred in uh, called Patty Rocks that won Sundance in 1988. And I wrote oh, wow. it with my late wife, Karen Landry Mulkey, and uh, John Jenkins and the director. And, uh, and we, uh, yeah, we won Sundance and it played all over the world. We made it for like, uh, like $400,000 and it made like 20 million bucks. Oh, wow. 
See, Wikipedia needs to update that stuff. If you say that's the one that you say the most, Wikipedia needs to fix yeah. some of the bio then. People, Neil used people, when I was in New York, people would like, when that movie was out, people used to um, quote my character. My character was really funny in the movie. And he would, he'd go on these long diatribes about this and that. And so he would, the people would go, hey, Hey, Billy, that was my character's name. And then they would say these lines from the movie. They quote the movie to me. Bizarre. That's crazy. All right. So let's kind of, so all these interesting things, how do you prepare for these characters? You said a lot of dramatic characters. You seem like a comedy guy. You need to get some sort of comedy gig coming uh, after pan the pandemic. But what makes you such a good drama guy? Um, let me see. Um, Growing up, I, I had a, uh, um, I had a uh, misguided ch uh, childhood, <laughs> and so um, in the street, um, um, you have to uh, assert who you are. Okay. And so, um, I was never afraid to. Uh, well, I always asserted who I was if you get my meaning so and then i was a wrestler and a boxer you know so i was like you know so yeah. I, I have my serious side because those they call those things sports but as you well know they're not really sports <laughs> they're just combat right exactly. So, exactly. um but how do i prepare for it i mean i you know i think about how the, the role refers to my life or people i've known um and um invest in it and you know right. and then 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 bring it to the screen um uh, one of the um movies that i most recently did was uh on the basis of sex with uh felicity jones and okay. um, it was about the ruth the life of ruth bader ginsburg really oh wow and i played the plaintiff i played the woman that ruth bader ginsburg defended in order to get women's rights um it was the equal it was the equal rights act and that's where all the equal rights for women came from from ruth bader ginsburg as an attorney wow it's an amazing movie um but then it's interesting too i'm a digress but i've done three seminal movies that were women advocate movies i had a very strong mother and wonderful sisters and i was my my late wife was a wonderful um assertive woman um in but I did uh, Holly Hunter and I did Roe versus Wade, which is about the abortion case. Right. Um, and then I did um, the movie called um, North Country with Shalice Theron. She got an Academy Award nomination oh, wow. for Best Actress. Um, me and Jeremy Renner and Shalice Theron and Sissy Spacek. Um, and that was about the sexual abuse in the mines in Northern Minnesota. Oh, and wow. the third, the third woman's movie I did was um, um, on the basis of sex. Did you get called back to do any interviews when she passed away? I did not. No, I mean I, you know, you know, it I was think not like just, a big thing for you to try to say I'm going to do media unless I'm promoting something, right, Chris? Or you're so busy doing other yeah, stuff. I just, you know, it's like. I don't want to jump on some train, you know. It's, no, it's, it's not. It's you. You got to remember who the director could be. It could be anybody. It could be somebody that could be that. As uh, Michael Jordan always says, Republicans buy shoes as well. So why are you going to put yourself out there with your fans in this political climate that we're living in today? Which I would never. Yeah, I mean, I, I respect all, 
Yeah, it's like that. Oh, by the way, relative to your wrestling career, I wrote a movie for the Road Warriors. Did you? Hawk and Animal. You're kidding me. Really? I, I wrote a movie for him. And then what happened was Hawk passed away first. Right. I, we were just about ready to do the movie. And then Hawk had that uh, heart attack and he passed away. Right. So young. Two great guys. Right. And so I still have the movie. Uh, yeah, it's called, it's called No Man's Land, starring the Road Warriors. It was great. Were, did you play in it at all or you just wrote it? I just, I was the writer. Yeah, yeah, I wrote it. And, you know, we tried to get it together. Our guys passed away, so. Anyhow. You could try, maybe you should think about now, because they're both passed away, to have some other people play it. You're good. We're going to have to talk. <laughs> oh, I, I already, already, I already have a feeling we're going to be friends, as, as I got to see you before makeup, Chris. So I, yeah. when you jumped on my screen, I'm like, okay, <laughs> this guy's going to be cool. Because I assumed that it's kind of, it cracks me up when people say, you know, Chris, you've been in so many different things, but because you're not known as an A-list in one thing, it's, you're probably better off than a lot of people, but that kind of keeps you from having the stalkers, right? So in a lot of ways, you have all these great stories to tell, and you've been in so many great projects, but not reached that pinnacle, but you could still, right? I don't really need to reach that pinnacle. I'm fine. Really? You, can, you don't have any other goals in acting like an Academy Award or a Emmy I, if somebody decides to give you something, an opportunity I, in the show? I'm, I, I mean, uh, I've been in, I've been in two movies that have won Academy Awards, and another two that got nominated for Academy Awards. So I, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's it's okay. It's look, you know, it's you can only eat like one one salmon dinner at a time. So it's like, whatever, you know. It's like yeah, you could have one t one point in time the opportunity could come in a, a show as you see the way this business has changed. Yeah, so but it'd be, it'd be great to do. I mean, I've done some movies that have really reached a ton of people, and it, it's great. Um, uh, it's so I'm I'm really fortunate for for all the stuff. Well, I could a, interview just on your Wikipedia alone, but we're here <laughs> to talk about the world without you. So let's kind of talk about that. See, it's become a very interesting thing, Chris. In a way that this week has been theme based in so many ways around the military. Uh, I had a film called Drowning. I was on the red carpet yesterday, the, the virtual red carpet. It wasn't in L.A. Yeah. Uh, the Mia, Mia Sorvino was in and stuff that's coming out as an independent film. And then I'm also going to be interviewing somebody for Recon, uh, the Academy Award winner um, this afternoon. So it's really become a Neil Haley show, military-based which I'm glad we're thinking about these things, especially with these stressful times coming to the election and such strife that we could see what our military people have done to uh, protect our country and keep us safe. So we have these freedoms going into a, a free election and a free society. So tell us about the film. Uh, well, you know, it's, a, it's the story of a family that's celebrating the life of the who of their son who has passed away. He was executed by the ISIS uh, factions in uh, in Syria, and well, this is this one play, took place in Syria, but it's you know, and um, and so it's a year um, it's a year since since my son has died, and the whole family gets together to celebrate his passing, 
And it's the tension and the revelation about how we all regard each other and um, the sacrifice that my son made um, that, that really tells the story. And it's, it's a beautifully crafted story. And I'm so happy that uh, Suzanne Johnson uh, decided to hire me to play the, the father. And I've had some loss in my family and, uh, and, um, and I had a ton of uh, people in the military. And um, so it was uh, particularly uh, close to home. And so and we had a great cast and it's just a beautiful film. It's a film that, I mean, your comment about um, these times, um, these are reflective times. And um, this film is perfect. It really fits the bill for these times, I think, you know, World Without You. I agree. I completely do. And, and I just want us to think about when we vote, if we voted early or we vote, on the day of the election, that if it wasn't for our military, we wouldn't have free elections. It's if it wasn't for our military, we would not have free elections, and we may need them again. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> oh, geez. It's, uh, no, it's going to go well. It's the you know the um, the, the fear monger is. Um, I've, I've I've voted many many times, and I've never seen. Um, a politician act this way and, mm. you know, question the veracity of our government. I mean, even in 1980, when the Supreme Court had to decide whether to, whether it was Bush or Gore, um, everything was, it went fine, but 92, there was no- 92, not 80, I'm just to correct you. Yeah, 92. Yeah, but 90. there was no talk yeah. about- No, um, no part of a revolution. Derision or-, any or of that stuff. Chaos. It's no, a, it's just, it was it was the deal. So that's it's so I my feeling is now I think of course I'm I'm a total optimist, you know. Um I but I think everything's going to be all right, which reminds me of Joe of a joke. The the opti, the world champion optimist and the world champion pessimist met in Bucharest, Romania for the world championship. It was a dark, rainy night in February, and it was midnight, and they met in this bar in the basement underneath this hotel. And they both walked in, both smoking galois. They put Schlibowitz down there. They sat down at the table. They stared at each other. The world champion pessimist looked at the optimist and said, I don't think things could get much worse. And the optimist looked at him, took a sip, and said, don't be too sure. <laughs> So things could get worse. We don't is that, know. Is that, did you write this? Did you write that one? Oh, no, no, that's an old Eastern European joke. But you're no, a writer, so <laughs> that, that's the thing. So what did you think about the cast and everything in the film? Tell us like some of your favorite, fondest money. Um, I love the cast. I, we became a family instantly. Um, I felt in working with Susan that, um, that she was the perfect uh, grieving mother trying to hide her sorrow and her despair. Um, and Annika Marks, um, who I know in, who's been a longtime friend of mine, but uh, just before we started to work on the film, I discovered that she was going to be my wife, I mean, my daughter in the film and PJ Byrne, I loved him. And I mean, everybody was great. It was just, it was, it was amazing. So, um, you know, it, it was, it was a, a very short, fast, intense 
shoot in Chicago. That's for sure. Baby. But low budget other, is like and now it's available on VOD and all that stuff, as I found out right now from uh, from the team that now it's available. People can get the film now in different places. So that's good and that's great. And I think it's perfect timing coming up to Veterans Day. We're leading, let's not focus on the election. Let's focus on Veterans Day, November 10th. And really people need to go out and purchase Amen. the film and, and watch a bunch Amen. of movies uh, that are involving the military and honoring our country and not this strife that we're dealing with. And hopefully by November 10th, uh, everything will be okay. And It'll be okay. I'll be in Cape Town, South Africa. I, I'm, I'm on the fifth November fifth. I'm going to Cape Town, South Africa, to wow. do a start a TV series. But we'll know then. Well, it'll be, or maybe not, but it'll be fine by Veterans Day. Yeah, for sure, it's going to be, you know. So you're going to Cape good. Town, South Africa. You're bringing up all these other countries. Do people love you all over the world, Chris? That's what it sounds like. It's amazing how God, um, people know. Like a lot of people in in Belgrade, uh, Serbia, would come up to me and I know you. You're Hank Jennings from Twin Peaks. I love your work. This is a very scary guy. You know, you know how do they? I mean, I don't look like that guy. You know, I'm like I'm an older guy now. Yeah, I've never watched you know. Twin Peaks. That shows my age, right? I got to catch up on that yeah. one too. And uh, yeah, at least yeah. I see. I lived through the Boardwalk Empire. Anytime I binge a show they become a family to me. And when it ends, it's yeah. like over. And when I saw your picture, I'm like, I want him on my show. I'm going to interview him. Oh. Because I knew that. So Neil, yeah. yeah. So Neil, you need to watch um, on USA Network. There's a series called Briar Patch with okay. Rosario Dawson and myself. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a really great, great show. Yeah, watch that. Briar Patch. Oh, is it's still really on? Good. Is it? Are you still? Can you have another season? Just, yeah, yeah, it came out. It's been, it's been on. You can get it on demand on USA Net. Um, I, now it's been out for about since May. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. So you don't know about another season because of the pandemic, then? Yeah, the pandemic. The, our town is shut down. I think I'm one of the only actors that's working. In, oh, in August, I was the only actor. Yeah, there's only a few people shooting in different places, and I guess oh, is that fearful? Do you scare? Are you, speaking of COVID nineteen, are you fearful when you travel? No, I had well one. I had COVID in March. Oh my gosh! I was. I have a band, and we uh, we played at uh, we played in this place called the Bourbon Room in on Hollywood and Vine, great club. And um, one of the, in the back, they were doing the School of Rock and uh, Nick Cordova, who starred in School of Rock, um, met with me and my daughter and because we were gonna do her cabaret there as, in that theater as well. And uh, he was sweating and he had, he had a cold and he didn't feel well. And, you know, we heard rumors, that, you know, cause I had just come back from London. So I heard rumors about it. And two days later, my daughter was sick and then two days after that, I was sick as, as well as her two kids, her mother-in-law and her husband and my girlfriend. And we were all like, we're out for 10 days and, what, and we got what tested. Were you, what, what were your symptoms? What were your symptoms? Um, well, it was so odd. I was sitting in my backyard and I was playing guitar and all of a sudden it was a sunny day, just like today. And all of a sudden I went, I, I suddenly I felt terrible. 
it was like somebody flipped a switch and, I, and I'm a healthy guy, you know? Yeah. And I was like, boom. I went, what the, what the heck? And I went in and I kind of laid down on the couch and I went to sleep. And when I woke up, I felt so tired and I had a, I had a kind of a, a start of a cough and kind of a stuffy nose. And then that night I got a fever of about a hundred for about three hours. And that whole thing lasted for about a week. But I couldn't watch TV. I couldn't read the paper. I couldn't play guitar. I couldn't listen to music. All I wanted was quiet, and I just wanted to lay down. And that was it. And then after about 10 days, I was, I was back up. But I went and got tested, but I was so lethargic. I mean, if I could have worn the same clothes for 10 days, which I didn't, but I would have. Isn't it crazy I, how certain people get certain, certain symptoms and other people don't? That's what we have to figure out. Like, for example, even somebody that I might be younger and I might have had the sniffles and cough, but not the fever. And I could have been carrying the virus the whole time. Yeah, you could have. And Nick went into the hospital for 70 days and died June 12th. Oh yeah. See, I 45 forgot years old. About Nick. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. That so yeah. I, I see you got to remind me of name dropping. I knew it was saying, okay, now you're bringing it up. So you were with him when he got, Oh my gosh. Was that hard on you too? That's got to be hard. It's crazy. Yeah, and it's you know he's married guy, forty five years old, yeah. his beautiful wife and kid. It's like, you know, they had blood clots went. You know, he had blood clots. It went into his leg. They had to amputate a leg. Yeah. You know, it's like, and he went wow, the hard way. Didn't happen. Very great guy. And I think that the film will also. Yeah resonate you resonate with you as well chris the film when it comes to covid19 times right what we're struggling through and understand about sacrifice with covid19 well yeah you know people um it's such a the world without you is such a great film on so many levels because it it's about family members trying to accommodate each other and over accommodate each other and sort of that shaky ground that we're all on. It's, it's such an intriguing multi-layered film. It's, it's so amazing. Um, oh gosh. I, I, in, in a way I'm glad for the lockdown so that people can see this film um, on demand and, uh, and it, they can bring it into their homes and kind of watch it in their homes because it's such an intimate story. Um, yeah. It's that's I mean if I look on the the bright side of things that would be the that would be the case yeah for sure. All right, you know, you you're the optimist, right, Chris? So we are going to call you optimist, right? So you get all, I you're, am the optimist. You're, you're yeah. the optimist okay. I am the optimist. Okay, so let's kind of yeah. finish off. I am the where people again can find the world without you is basically it's available now, but also is there a website to find the world without you? that people can find information? Are you familiar or not on that? Yeah, if you go to, if you, if you, go to, if you Google it, it'll just come up world without you will, will Google it. I'm not the, the greatest internet guy, but not, and I can find it. So if you can't find, I mean, you, you, everybody will find it, the world without you, and it just pops right up. Pops right up on YouTube, the trailer's right there. It's um, one anecdote of the thing, we were at the graveyard putting stones on the, on my son's grave, which was an intense scene. And um, we were walking out of the graveyard and Annika Marks is there and I looked and I said, Annika, I wasn't gonna mention this, but you know, your family's from Chicago. She said, yes. I said, you know, 
this it's um, it's a Jewish family. So I played I played the father, and this is a Jewish graveyard. And I and I said um, I said there's a marked tombstone right there from your, and I'm wondering if it's your family. She looked over, and there was a big tombstone, and said said marks on it. And um, so we took pictures of it, and then we uh, we go because her aunt, her great aunt was from Chicago. And so it turned out that that was, uh, that was her great aunt's grave. It was such a odd uh, coincidence and, uh, and lovely too. It was amazing. All right, you're gonna play us a song to leave. So go ahead and I am. sing us a song to say goodbye. Here we go. Well, yeah. was a host of a wonderful show. We had a good conversation, but Neil, I gotta go. I'm going to the beach with my grandkids, you see. Jump into the ocean. Hey, come with me, Neil Haley. Oh, Neil Haley. Thanks for having me on. Thank you, Neil. You're welcome, Chris. And you got to think about this. I have the resources. Let's go find the financing to finance your film about Hawk and Animal. I think it's perfect timing. So we'll talk about it. You're on. You're on. All right. I have nice your to meet you, brother. All right. See you, Chris. All right. All right, guys. That was the Neil Haley Show, guys. Take care. Neil Haley here. Lensec has been a sponsor of the Neil Haley Show and Total Media Network for around a year and a half. And I wanted to tell you a little bit about Lensec. Lensec has been a pioneer in IP security videos since 1998. The company is a trusted security partner with experience around the world. Lensec has experience working with customers in higher education, K through 12 education, government, public safety, critical infrastructure, healthcare, commercial, and more. The physical security experts at Lensec help customers develop enterprise solutions for their complex physical security projects using our flagship software, Perspective VMS. Lensec's enterprise-level video management software, Perspective VMS, is a browser-based software that streams and captures IP security camera video. The latest version of PVMS uses HTML5 interactive features in a thin client application that is designed to provide real-time situational awareness. Access control and other advanced features are integrated into a unified security platform, creating an ability to track behavior and movement while monitoring the live or recorded video. For more information, please visit lensec.com. And now back to the show. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Neil Haley Show. And I'm excited to welcome the program Grammy Award winner, Melissa Manchester. Melissa, thanks for stopping by the Neil Haley Show. How are you? My pleasure. I'm very well, thanks. How are you? Good. I'm doing well. How are you surviving the pandemic for your fans to understand that shift as a performer to go through this? Yeah. Well, um, I'm st it took me a while to get my bearings, like everybody else, since my career and my life was abruptly halted. But I, um, I have started releasing a single uh, each month of, uh, of a hit of mine that I re-recorded. 
And at the end of 10 months, it will culminate into my 24th album called Review. So you've used that time to say, okay, how am I going to shift? What am I going to do? I'm going to really prepare music for my fans. That's what it sounds like. Yeah, that's, what I, that's what I've been doing. I mean, on my Facebook platform and on iTunes and all of those different platforms, I created a choral piece, which I had lots of colleagues sing on called Awake. Um, I released a song from 1989 called Sometimes I Feel So Sorry for God because, you know, the songs show up to me in reflection of what's happening in these unprecedented times. So that's what I can do. And um, it's, it's, you know, it's odd, but I'm grateful that my kids are well and people that I love and know about are well. And, you know, my heart breaks for, for the mismanagement of all of this. Yes. And so before we get into Breast Cancer Awareness Month, I can't believe it's almost over, but I said because yeah. of COVID, we need to make it two months because they're not able to do the certain events that they normally do, that we need to spread it out longer this year because of COVID. Right. But let's kind of jump really quickly. And did you ever think you were going to be a Grammy Award winner growing up when you were a child? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it, it was it was fantastic. I mean, you hope so. So, but you never know. It's out of your hands. Did you, did you always have that dream of being a, a successful performer? I had the dream of being a successful performer. I didn't know what that would look like, but um, music was always part of my life. And, um, and to make a living and a life as an artist was a dream come true. That's fantastic. And so kind of going now, we're going into Breast Cancer Awareness Month. You perform a specific song and you just performed it also at the uh, Komen event this year. That was a very interesting, awesome online event, especially shifting because of uh, COVID-19. But tell us about that song you perform at. Yes. Yes. Um, I've been performing at the, the Komen um, uh event for the last several years. Um, and I also perform at different Komen events during the year. Uh, but I wrote The Power of Ribbons um, uh, in tribute to my friend, Nancy Colton, who unfortunately lost her battle with breast cancer. But, um, but she was so inspiring to me. And the symbol of that little pink satin ribbon, uh, galvanizing millions and millions and millions people yes. created that impulse to to express itself in a song and it's the only song that I've ever written where I donate all of the royalties to the Komen Foundation and um, so so I sang it again this year uh, alongside with another song called Just You and I which was one of the singles that I released for my upcoming 24th album review and um, and it was great it was really thrilling to be part of it. So how's that feel for you? I think it feels great, but it feels great that you are the one that's singing that every year and to honor your friend, but also honor everyone that's passed away from breast cancer. Yes, yes indeed. Well, I mean, it's, 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 it is very fulfilling to me that I'm invited back every year to be a part of it and to salute these remarkably brave and courageous women and men who, who deal with breast cancer. And, you know, the awareness and the research will get us to the other side of God willing one day. Cure. Exactly. Let's hope that's uh, for a cure. And then also you feel for all the women and men that have gotten breast cancer this year during COVID because of, 
the uh, immune, really be autoimmune to this disease, right? This has been awful for them. Right, it is, yeah. And so it's like, we have to think about those things. Anyone that's suffering from some sort of cancer or something that really protect them and keep them safe during this time. Right, and and you know what I can do is compose a song and and <laughs> compose a song where for the for the you know for the breast cancer walk the awareness walk you know I I wrote the song while I was walking on my treadmill so the tempo was really walkable and energizing and people could do that and they or they could dance to it so when I was singing it when I sing it at the the Komen events every October. You know, people either are, are walking in place or they're jumping around or they're dancing. And it's very sweet. And it's it's very, very touching. Absolutely. What do you want to say to your fans right now? Uh, just talking about you in general during this time period of life and stuff. What would you like to tell them? Well, this is, you know, these, these are really unprecedented times. Uh, but I find for me uh, the unexpected gift is because we are all forced to be still. We have to look at our society and appreciate what is beautiful and acknowledge what has been broken for so long. And hopefully this is a moment where we can start to have discussions and take action to heal what's broken in our society. And finally, fulfill the promises of our founding fathers. Yes, so, so true. In so many ways, what you're bringing up is so true. And you have uh, someone like you that has so many fans all over the world. You, a message like that is a message of hope in these challenging times. Yes, I believe so. Because the thing is that prior to this moment, which again is unprecedented, you know, this once in a hundred year kind of a virus, um, which, has, which has taken hold of us all in one way or another, you know, it, it forces us to to see and, and not only see, but take in what we are seeing because so many times, we, you know, we're, we get distracted because we're busy, we have jobs, we have kids, we have things to do. And so the larger, deeper issues, they we don't have the time or the energy or the space to focus on. But now we really have no excuse and that's why you know, the voter turnout is extraordinary. Um, participation is extraordinary. Holding democracy where it lands, which is at our feet, is extraordinary. We're, we're really seeing all of this coming out of this remarkable moment. Exactly. And to believe and to trust and not get down and keep going is that message you give for sure. So and you have to. And that's what breast cancer survivors have done as is not give up hope keep going uh, through the hard time or even cancer people end up dying. They still fought it. They were inspirational and people have to learn from that, especially if they think they're having a bad day. It could be a lot worse for sure. That's right. Living takes courage and to be inspired by people who live bravely and with courage in spite of everything is, um, is really the teachers that we always need. All right, so best place we can connect with you and purchase the song to help raise uh, money for cancer awareness. Where can we go? Uh, iTunes, all of those, you know, all of the, the usual platforms. Look for Power of Ribbons. 
You're fabulous. And uh, I, I, I really appreciate that very powerful message that we need. Let's, let's, let's not give up hope. Let's keep surviving and keep thriving because we, we're going to be through this pandemic someday. And yes. then we're going to, we're all going to be back to normal and we'll have to remember these times so that we can, whenever there's a little bump in the road, we can continue to go because everyone. Well, you're absolutely, yes, you're absolutely right. This is another moment to never forget. It is very important to acknowledge that we are all witnesses to this extraordinary moment. This is what we will tell our children and our grandchildren about. It's very important to never forget this time. Great point, Melissa. Well, I appreciate you stopping by. Thanks again. Thank you, Neil. Be Take well. Care. You're welcome. Bye. You too. Bye-bye. You're listening to Neil Haley. So I'm watching the Neil Haley Show. And we'll be back in just a moment. Celebrity slots. Free spin. Free to play mobile social slot games in the likeness of your favorite celebrities. Making money. Spin to win celebrity experiences through sweepstakes. Free to download, free to play. Yeah, baby. What are you waiting for? Win meet and greets, celebrity merchandise, gift cards, and more. Download Celebrity Slots today. We're back to the Neil Haley Show. And I'm excited to welcome the program, Nick Barada of The Oval. Nick, how are you, man? And uh, how are you surviving the pandemic? Uh, I'm doing well. Thank you for asking and thank you for having me. Uh, I, I'm surviving um, a lot of family time, a lot of me time, um, just trying to take advantage of, of, of the downtime, if you will. But, um, but, uh, but luckily, we've been working a little bit. I've been able to accomplish a lot in, in, this, in these last few months, and so I'm very fortunate to, uh, to be able to do so. So are you in L.A. right now, Nick? Where are you looking? I'm in New York. I'm in New York. Uh, I am. It's a, it's a bummy day here in, uh, in New York, but, uh, but we're, we're, we're here. So it's Friday. We're feeling good and uh, just trying to get through this weekend. You know, it's funny. It's, it's nasty in Pittsburgh, too, the whole week. And I guess we're getting up to this election and whatever happens after that, we will know. And I feel for you in New York because you never know what that response is going to be after the election. So stay Stay quarantined until all this happens. Oh, sure. I know. They're, they're, they're already giving us a warning. Yeah, they're giving uh, us a warning. Just stay home and, and especially uh, after Tuesday, just, just uh, you know, hide out, if you will, for a little bit, you know, and uh, be, keep safe. Exactly. All right. Crazy so, time. And so absolutely. And I'm going to go ahead and uh, ask you the next question. So, Nick, tell me a little bit about, did you always want to be an actor? Did you always want to yeah. be an actor? Uh, you know, not that I always wanted to be an actor, but I know I always wanted to be in the entertainment industry. Um, I've always had a passion for pop culture uh, and sports. And, and um, you know, I could think back to even when I was in, in middle school, even younger, third grade, I, I, I wrote a book report about how I wanted to, to be in the movies one day and, and on TV and just make people laugh, entertain, play different characters. So, so you know, I always had that passion for the, the industry and acting. Um, and uh, I actually ended up going to Hofstra University uh, to, to major in broadcast journalism. Oh, um, wow. and, and, and so I'm, I'm also used to being on your end because I, I really uh, enjoyed the interviewing process and, and, you know, tapping into people's stories and the red carpet coverage. So, um, so to answer your question, I, I've always had a passion and love for, for acting, yes, and the industry uh, uh, as a whole. But I've, I've attacked it a few different angles and I, I've been able to, uh, to learn a lot. 
So in broadcasting, you are a professionally trained broadcaster. I'm a professionally trained entertainer, meaning former professional wrestler for nine years, did the minor league circuit and all that. So I learned from that process how to perform. And then as a teacher for X amount of years, before I started back going back into the media, I started at a wrestling talk show, TV and radio for a little bit and then stopped and got back involved and there I am today. So it's a process. I love it's all about confidence. So let's kind yeah, of talk absolutely. about what, what, what was the furthest you went from your degree? Did you go in and do, uh, did you cover stuff? Did you end up getting a job in journalism after graduating? So, well, first of all, that's awesome that you have the wrestling background. I did not know that. And, and that's amazing. I actually, uh, I'm, I'm close friends with uh, Daniel Monet, who, who went by uh, Summer Rae in, in the WWE. Oh, really? uh, and I'm not sure if you're familiar. I'm, I'm assuming you are with the Foley's, but uh, I grew up on Long Island and, and Noel Foley. Mick helped, Mick and I helped me, Mick helped me get down to Ozark Mountain Wrestling. Uh, he was wrestling as Cactus Jack and I was on a minor league show. And he said, and I ended up getting down south of Lawler because of Mick. So I, I love that. Yeah. And I, I had Mick that. on my show too. Mick came great. On I, I haven't met him. I, I've heard great things about him. Um, but uh, his daughter, Noelle, I know quite well. And, and she's a sweetheart, but um, uh, they're from, you know, they live on Long Island where not far from where I grew up. So uh, I, I got, I got a lot of appreciation for the, for the wrestling fam. Um, uh, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, just to answer, to answer your question, uh, being at Hofstra, you know, we're so close to Manhattan. Uh, I was able to take really full advantage of everything that Manhattan had to offer. So I would really go in even during, um, you know, while I was still uh, uh, in school and take advantage of, of these different events, these different parties, shake hands with a lot of uh, publicists, a lot of uh, event managers. And, and um, you know, it was all about networking for me. So uh, I really spent a lot of time just shaking hands. Um, I, I created my own interview series, if you will, called Nikki B TV uh, at the time, which was kind of a blog. And, and I, I started, you know, interviewing some, doing some man on the street stuff. And I was fortunate enough to interview a lot of um, uh, professional athletes. And it just kind of helped build that credibility for me, um, which I, I, I was so uh, uh, thankful that I was able to, to um, you know, get that done at such a young age. But after that, I freelanced for a few different outlets, uh, Entertainment Tonight. Uh, really? I hosted a special yeah. series. Yep. Yep. I, I hosted a special series with the rap out in LA called drinking with the stars, which was a ton of fun. Uh, I hosted that and we interviewed uh, Terrence Jenkins and Laz Alonzo and a few different, um, a few different actors and actresses, which, which was a great time. Um, and then, you know, gigs here and there. Um, and that led me to um, divorce court, which uh, I don't know if you want to tap into my time with Judge Lynn Toller, but um, I, I was the bailiff and the court reporter for, oh. uh, for two for two seasons with Judge Lynn Toller down at, uh, in Atlanta. Um, so, like I said, I really, I, I attacked at all angles and, and it was kind of a snowball effect for me as I continued to meet new people and, and get experience in different areas. It, it just kind of kept moving forward in the right direction, which ultimately, ultimately led me to acting. So you're talking about divorce court. That's interesting. You bring up that whole yeah. point of situation. So you had that experience. How did you get that opportunity? Uh, again, just through uh, just through these personal connections, um, you know, I, I take pride in, in, in really, uh, you know, shaking as many hands as I can. And, and uh, really up until this point, I, I, I've done everything on my own. I haven't had any representation. Um, you know, uh, I really just uh, do everything on my own. And, and, and again, I take pride in that. But uh, a friend of mine who was at Entertainment Tonight um, knew the producer at Divorce Court and, and hooked me up with that audition. And uh, uh, I, I landed it and it was a great experience. And I'm so fortunate for that time spent on that show. Uh, a lot of fun, great platform for me to take advantage of. And, and we, uh, we made a count. Wow. 
And yeah. so that's probably where, if you're in Atlanta, you must have the next uh, step. I've done this in my whole career in any industry I've been in. It's all about networking and meeting the next person. And then the next opportunity comes your way. Absolutely. I wouldn't be sitting here I, I today. Feel. Go ahead, go ahead. If, if certain things interviewing you today, if it wasn't from a relationship I gained from Harrow and Harrow connected right. me to your publicist and I've been working with her for about three or four months, just like I get another publicist I'm working with. And then we just get such interesting guests. And then you yeah. never know that next opportunity or who it'll be or where it'll be. It's just about doing your best job possible and always being on because you never know Absolutely. when the next opportunity comes. Absolutely. I couldn't have said it any better. And, and I believe that I, I, I got that gig uh, at Divorce Court um, at Tyler Perry Studios to meet Tyler Perry. Uh, you know, it's all about the journey and the universe kind of works in, in, in uh, some, some crazy ways. So uh, I, I'm right there with you. So you're telling me the Oval's some crazy stuff. I interviewed someone else in the Oval. It'll come to me in a sec. She's the model. She was a former model that uh, on uh, the Oval. It'll her name will come to me in a second, and you'll you, I know you'll come up with it. And she was uh, she was there for just finishing up the last season. She had, she was in quarantine when you guys were shooting that whole season. It'll come to oh, me yeah. her name, and, yeah, and gotta, I should uh, look at the cast name. But meaning I learned about the Oval from her. And wow, yeah, yeah. I want to watch it because I love anything involving uh, the Oval Office. It really yeah, well, interests it's, me. It's, yeah, it's a roller coaster ride. It really is. It's season two, which we're waiting on the the premiere date for, uh, is going to be even more of a roller coaster. Um, you know what's interesting about the show and what people I think uh, really enjoy is is it's not just what takes place at the White House, but it also follows home, um, you know the chief of staff home and and the first family home and right. you kind of see uh, the first family they are home, but you know what I mean everybody and their personal issues which um, which is which is crazy. Uh, there's a lot of madness that goes on, a lot of a lot of. Uh, uh, just craziness and it's a lot of fun we've had a great response so far so far and we're really excited about what's uh, what's to come exactly and which which she was explaining to me and then i wish i could pull up the wikipedia the same radio i would already had it pulled up my phone when you're in television you're just like going and i'm oh i had the conversation but i didn't write that down but i'm sure yeah. we'll, we'll, when we talk after i'll say who it was but she explained to me the fact you're right the behind the scenes stuff is amazing because oh, yeah. you, just, you just never know uh from that behind the scenes uh, what happens after you, you work in the white house all day and you go back to your family, what exactly. happens there? And that's not just that that's everyone that works there that goes back. And that's a great idea that Tyler Perry shows that, yeah, you might be serving the president. You might be his personal something, but you're not living in the white house. There's another life after the white house and a lot Absolutely. of them dedicate a lot of their time. And when they get home, they have to pick up those pieces. Yep. And everybody's got, you know, their skeletons in the closet and their own issues they're dealing with. And it all kind of comes to, to light. And uh, that's what makes it such a such a crazy show. So um, it's even, you know, season one was crazy, but I'll tell you, season two uh, is, is even more of a, of a roller coaster. Like I said, so I'm excited to see how everybody responds. All right. Tell us about your character. So uh, I play Alan. Uh, I'm the assistant to the chief of staff. Uh, his name is Donald on the show. He's played by my friend, Roger Collins. He's a, he's a great guy on and off camera. Um, but um but but yeah, I'm kind of that 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 uh, walk a straight line, um, you know, kind of your all American, uh, you know, hire comes in and, and just uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Right. Uh, but what's exciting is and, and you'll see in season two is um, I go from that kind of 
safe and sound guy. And then you follow me home. You haven't, you haven't come home with me yet in season one, but you'll come home with me in season two. And you'll see that I'm, I'm also dealing with my own issues uh, with my girlfriend who uh, uh, is Ellie on the show. She's played uh, by Natasha Ward, but uh, I have all these trust issues going on with her, uh, me and the, the president, uh, you know, have a little, have an issue of our own. So um, Alan has, uh, has, has his hands full while he's trying to keep his job as a new hire and an intern, if you will. Uh, he's also trying to keep his life together at home, which is falling apart quickly. So tell me about working with Tyler Perry. This, so you made the connection with him at divorce court to get this gig uh, with the Oval then. Is that correct? Say that one more time. No, I was saying you end up getting that connection with, from divorce court with Tyler Perry, right? Is that how, how did you meet Tyler Perry? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. One of the greatest days of my life, Neil, let me tell you, um, I was just working on set. We had, uh, we had, were almost wrapped up with, you know, just a regular day uh, at work and Tyler Perry was making his rounds, uh, you know, around the studio and uh, he came to visit the set um, and I, I ended up meeting him and it was just a quick, quick conversation. But, um, you know, he's such a genuine down to earth guy. He wants to know, um, you know, he asks all the right questions and wants to, wants to, learn about your goals and your dreams. And I'm so happy that he took the time out of his day to kind of uh, get to know me a little bit. And, and uh, the rest was history. You know, we've had a lot of, a lot of fun since then. And, and he's really changed my life. He's a great mentor, right? Once you get on the set, but I heard he's very not strict, but really concise in how he, how he runs something. Oh yeah. Oh, it is. It is just work, 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 you're locked in. Um, you know, he has his, uh, listen, what he knows what he's doing, the guy, uh, which is why he's so successful. I mean, I haven't met uh, another person who is as hardworking as he is, just um, the way he can kind of go uh, and approach work every day, the way he does at being so successful uh, as he is, uh, it's remarkable. And, and he doesn't stop, he's, he's, what's wild is he just turned uh, 51 um, and, and he's, it's almost like he's just getting started, you know, and he's been doing this now. He's been I doing really this do. now, you know, 25 years, uh, I believe. And, and what he's what he's working on and what's to come is, is just it's, it's crazy. And and the studio, uh, you know, Neil, this studio is 330 acres. You can fit every major Hollywood studio on this lot. Uh, and I mean, Universal and Disney combined. It is it is that that big. Um, so what he's creating down in Atlanta is, is just it's not only you know, jaw dropping, but it's just so inspiring to see a guy like him who, who comes from where he's, where he came from and create such a space for people like myself to work, uh, for my dreams to come true. And uh, just, just the energy there, it, it's unlike anything I've ever experienced. So Mr. Mentor and then Mr. Networker gets to mm -hmm. this Tyler Perry show. What's yeah. next for you? Is there anything else coming up or is there other projects in the works that you can't say? with Tyler Perry because of your talent and how you, you've gone from your first season now to more of a bigger role in season two. Where yeah. are we going next? Well, as far as the Oval goes, again, going from uh, seven episodes on season one now to 18 on season two, I'm just, I'm so thankful and so excited about where my character's headed and where the show is headed. I know there's a lot, to, a lot more to look forward to as far as the Oval is concerned. Um, one thing about Tyler Perry is he keeps uh, a close family like, um, uh, Sorry, there. Uh, he keeps a close family like um, environment. So I know that there's a lot more in Tyler Perry's wheelhouse uh, that I have to look forward to. Um, you know, he's got a ton of movies and other projects on the works in the works. He signed a deal recently with, with Viacom. So he's got this contract now 
with, with Viacom where he's pumping out content with Nickelodeon, MTV, uh, and all these other networks. So uh, I'm hoping I can continue to ride that wave with him. But, uh, but what's great is now that I got this momentum, you know, I'm taking meetings I've never been able to, to land before and, and, and with representation and some of these agencies and, and auditions now come my way. I'm just excited to really turn it up a notch and, and, and attack this whole acting thing full throttle. And the way to catch up season one of the Edible is go to BAT. They have an on-demand, right? App, right? What is it that you can catch up? Yep, they do. Uh, BET, uh, BET Plus, uh, uh, you can get it on demand as well. Um, uh, and again, I believe that it's going to air at the top of the year. We're kind of getting some clues that that uh, early uh, 2021 uh, uh, season two should air on BET. So I'll definitely keep you posted on that as well. So being part of the Oval, not I'm not going to ever get political because I don't get political on my show unless someone mm. wants to get political. That how much seeing the Oval Office and how it goes and then watching all this coverage going into the election, how much do you say, hey, I know a little bit more of the behind the scenes based on being part of this in some Right. Story. Well, it, it definitely, it freaks you out a little bit because you're like, you just, you, your mind goes some crazy places and, and it's, it's almost frightening to think what could actually be happening behind the scenes. And it's scary with, you know, with all this this madness happening with with the administration and the election, to think what could really be taking place behind the scenes, and and, and it's not that far fetched with with you know with what we're dealing with here. So, um, you know, I try and I try and keep an open mind, but the ovals definitely screw me up a little bit when it comes to what can what can be going down behind those uh, those those doors. Well, always interesting stuff. Where can we catch up with you, Nick? And learn more about so, you. Yeah. Yeah, so you can uh, you can follow me over at uh, Instagram and, and and all those uh, all the social media stuff. Uh, Nick Barada, N I C K B A R R O T T A. Uh, Twitter, I'm Nikki B T V. I kept that name for you. I kept that name there from uh, from college. But uh, yeah, I'm, I love to just you know meet new people, and interact with with all the fans, especially uh, once the show's back airing. I uh, love to you know interact with everybody tuning in. So definitely keep up with me there. And and I got a lot of announcements and some new stuff that I'm excited to uh, talk about soon. When you, but you can't release it yet, so you have to come back on, especially. Yeah, I would love that. And and if you reach out and tell uh, Noel about me, say you know, say that say hey, you know, I uh, re- worked with Nick back in the day. So there's a. Oh yeah, no, uh, I'll definitely let her know we, we Nick, chatted. Yeah, uh, yeah, you're awesome. Yeah, Fantastic. It's a great. I, I love your what lessons we learned from you today is, especially you taking it from a journalism degree to doing these opportunities, to hobnobbing, to getting that opportunity. And you really weren't even going the acting route and you ended up in the acting route. And this is where you're today because you're willing to meet new people, have conversations and say, I'm here for you. And then the opportunities come. And that's a great lesson for anyone, especially even during a pandemic. You can and, and be successful. You just can't allow people behind you to tell you that you're not or others so i appreciate you coming by yeah and i'll I'll leave you with this i mean you know i hear it often a lot of people think that things are just starting to click for me overnight but you know it's been 10 10 years where i've been just grinding and 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 really putting uh uh putting this work in and uh you know for those that get discouraged which which you will in this industry especially um you know just just keep your head up and keep pushing because you know your dreams aren't too crazy uh and 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 it's all it's all it's all in reach so uh stick at it and and um you know, never give up, never give up and, and shake as many hands as you can. Cause if I have any, uh, any, any secret, it's just network, network, network. Um, it's true what they say about this industry. It's who, you know, so, um, well, I believe that, when you have some sort of brand, whatever it is, you're going to meet bigger people and you have to network and move up the ladder to the next person. And then it's 100%. all about 
listening to them and saying, hey, I'm here for you. So I appreciate yeah, yeah. it. And it was a, a great conversation. Take care, Nick. Appreciate it. I appreciate it. I'll see you All soon. Right, All right. You're watching the Neil Haley Show, and we'll be back in just a moment. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 